Please welcome our new sponsor, Play Action Pools. Go to playactionpools.com as they have launched the newest sports pool hosting platform. Play Action is your spot for all your football contest needs, whether it's Pick'em or Survival Pool. Play Action has customizable options for picking against the spread or picking straight up NFL, college, or both. You have to check out their exciting new Build Your Bankroll format. It operates as a virtual sports book. You know your buddy who's always bragging about how great of a handicapper he is? Well, put him to the test and put all your friends to the test, whether it's family, coworkers, or whoever. Put them to the ultimate test with the Play Actions Build Your Bankroll. Go to playactionpools.com to play today. Go to the link located here in the bio of today's episode and you will see how to play on playactionpools.com and be a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool check it out pick your favorite games and see if you can become a winner check the link in the bio for the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool and go to playactionpools.com and type in two-man power trip of wrestling there's two ways to play there pick your favorites pick the best but most importantly win so go to playactionpools.com today the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production and now for something completely different hey i was i'm a hall of famer i'm in three halls of fame for the young fans they don't give a damn they just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now and i got no problem with those rules i know the rules going in i'm happy to play the game that way and when ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me i thought that something happened i couldn't hear a thing you could have heard the pin drop in that arena it touched me so deeply that when i went in the dressing room i really felt depressed I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character.
never allowed. Foreign objects or weapons like folding chairs, sledgehammers, trash cans, or iron stairs. Introduced when the refs hit or looking away. Whatever gets it done at the end of the day. A cheap eats when I heal. Invites a backlash like telling the audience. K-Fades says the boss move is always landed. Think wrestling's big. It's the real for me, damn it. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP. John Paz with me today. Very special guest, lead producer, and the co-book writer of uh, The Last Match, a pro wrestling rock musical. He's, of course, Jeremiah James. Jeremiah, welcome to the two-man power <laughs> trip. How you doing? It's so good, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here. What is going on in your world? What's the latest on The Last Match? I have to tell you, you know, it... it you know, in our in our business, you know, when you're building out a show or a rock concert or something like that, you you feel like you've got a good handle on you know your concept and all these sort of things, and that you got your finger on the pulse of your fan base. And this show has exceeded our. I, I'd be a liar if I told you that uh, we expected it to blow up to the point that it has. So, you know, it's been an incredible ride so far. We've got two performances that are encore performances. We sold out Jersey City's White Eagle Hall um, back on September the 26th. We were invited to come back to do two more performances before we take the show to its next place. And uh, it'll more than likely sell out again. It's been humbling, man, to, to see the fans come and to, to see how they're enjoying the piece has been a wild ride. Yeah, that is awesome. Obviously, coming up on Monday on, on the fourteenth yeah. again, White yeah. Eagle Hall, Jersey City, two thirty and seven thirty. So yeah. uh, you know, obviously, they're they're happy with you over there. Yeah, very much so, and and we're just thrilled to be there. It's such an incredible venue. You know, the people over at Prudential and the people who run the venue have been awesome and taking great care of us, and it's been just an unbelievable blast from beginning to end. You know, we have an incredible company of actors and wrestlers. And to present this never before tried, you know, merging of two worlds on this level has been just uh, so much fun. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Who came up with the idea? Who thought of the idea? Let's combine wrestling with the musical and, you know, and rock and just make this thing explode. Who thought of it? So it was my concept. So I. I've always been, I've been a diehard wrestling fan since, you know, the eighties when I was a kid, you know, the Saturday, you know, Saturday night made event, all, all, that, you know, the colorful world of 1980s wrestling. And I followed wrestling my whole life. And as I was in the theater business and became a producer, this has been bouncing around in my head for about seven years. And then finally, about three years ago, I said, I, I think I know what I want this to be. And I decided to pull the trigger. I reached out to Jason Husa, who was my writing partner in another show. And I said, hey, man, I've got this concept. It's a fully immersive wrestling show. I want you to write the script with me because he's just an incredible writer. And he does most of the heavy lifting when it comes to the writing. I come in and I go, I'm going to cut that and write this. <laughs> and, right, right. And, uh, but he's, he's the brilliance behind a lot of, of what is in that script. And then uh, we needed a composer. And I had recently at the time met this rocker named Silvana Joyce, who has a band called Silvana Joyce in the Moment. And I was like, man, I want her to write. If she can write the music to this, that would be amazing. And so I pitched it to her. She said yes. Her husband came on board to be, you know, a co-composer. And, you know, Jason also, the book writer, did lyrics. And then Silvana did some lyrics for some songs with her husband. So uh, it's been a merging of these two worlds that so many people, to be perfectly honest, said that it couldn't be done. It would never work on the level that we were trying to do. And so it's been an, an incredible journey to see it come to life and not only see that it works, but 
blows any expectation out of the water. I feel like you don't necessarily know if it's going to work, and then all of a sudden it works. You're like, oh, how did somebody else not think of this? This is such a good idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, man, 100%. And we're just honored that, you know, uh, the fan base was behind us. Because that, I mean, that this is a wrestling show that is written by wrestling fans for wrestling fans specifically. And theater fans as well who have never maybe been to wrestling or known of wrestling, you know, because theater fans are used to kind of, you know, you go to your show, you sit there, you wait for your nice moment to clap. And we know the wrestling fans, that's not the deal. You know, yeah. they are coming in. Wrestling is as much a part of any wrestling show as the wrestlers themselves. And, you know, we even had to warn some of the theater actors who are used to that world, you know, hey, you're going to be heckled. These people are coming. This is a wrestling event that happens to be told through musical so uh you know it's going to be a different feel and and they were just floored and then it, it it became exactly what we hoped it would be where the fans helped drive the pace of the show and the fun of the show and it became fully interactive in the way that we'd always hoped so it's been wild so that's how it kind of all came together and uh you know it's one of those things again you go you hope it's going to work and then it just it's like another galaxy and then the same thing people go man you know how hasn't anybody else done this yet? Yeah, that's exactly. I'm like, oh my God, this should have came around way sooner. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. this is great. What yeah. a great idea. What a good melding or, you know, me me uh, melting, if you will, of words, of uh, worlds. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, people, so there have been other, because I want to be very transparent. There have been other shows based around wrestling. There's a play that almost won the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, I want to say about 10, 15 years ago. That is a brilliant play, but it's it is actors pretending to be wrestlers, and it 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 tells a wonderful story in a different way. Um, but it is not a wrestling event; it is a play that happens to use wrestling as part of its storytelling, and it's beautiful. Uh, there have been a couple other wrestling musicals that work as traditional musicals that you know tell a story about wrestling, and they work in some wrestling stuff. The difference between our show and anything else that's ever been done is it is a wrestling event. It is a pro wrestling event that just so happens to be, like I said before, be told as a musical. This is not stage performance combat. This is real pro wrestling. All these actors have gone through intense pro wrestling training. They are learning the art of pro wrestling. And then the pro wrestlers that we have attached to the show had to go through and work on acting and prepping to help tell the story. And it's built to literally be no different than any other wrestling event you've ever been to. So when wrestling fans walk through the door, they know this is their world. They understand that this is not, you know, we're, we are, this is an homage to the world of pro wrestling from one fan to another, as I talk to you. So it's as if you were to take Monday Night Raw, strip out a bunch of other title storylines, right? And and, a, and just do one continuous narrative and then tell it through some awesome real rock music, not theater rock, real rock music. And that's what our show is designed to be. So it is literally a pro wrestling event first with real pro wrestling that happens to tell a story. Love it. And how do you get the wrestlers involved? Obviously, Paul James, Matt Cardona. How'd you get the, the, you know, the pro wrestlers involved? You know, I, again, I, I I can't take credit. It, it was, I made one phone call and I had followed this store in New Jersey and it was called the 
you know, a wrestling collector. And I followed this. I just like their Instagram posts and, you know, and all the stuff that you follow as wrestling fans in general. Like I followed like 80s wrestling, 80s wrestling con, which all ended up being, you know, one guy in the area of New Jersey. And then all these other different wrestling, uh, you know, Instagram pages that I followed. But I said, you know, he's only like an hour away. Let me call the person who owns the store and, and just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, I've never worked in the wrestling world before. I see you have your own promotion. And I literally sent him an email first and did a follow-up call right away. And 10 minutes later, Tommy Fierro called me right back. And he goes, I, he said, explain to me what this is. And so I give him a little bit of a lowdown of what the plan is. He goes, I don't need to know anything else. I'm in. What do you need from me? How do we do this? And it was really Tommy who had the belief in me and belief in the project and the vision to say, I see that this could be something that, that wrestling fans would enjoy. And then he started saying, I need to connect you to this person. We need to talk to this person. And then, you know, here comes Bull James, Offa Jr., who were incredible trainers to train our actors to, you know, really uh, become in depth in the world of pro wrestling. And, and they've been incredible. And so it was it was really Tommy Furio who made all of that happen. And then from there, uh, we started gaining a following of people who were interested in what we were doing. And the gentleman at um, World Wrestling Flashbacks contacted us on Instagram. And they started, you know, saying, hey, we would love to be involved. How can we help? And connected us to a few other people, and one of them being uh, Matt Cardona. Said, hey, you know, we, we can connect you to Matt Cardona, who literally parts of this role that he plays were based around him as wow. Matt Cardona, you know, being fans all the way back to Zack Ryder days. I'm like, are you serious? You can get me in touch with Matt Cardona? And they're like, yeah, let's see if we can't connect you. And Matt and myself and my producing partner, Rachel, we had several conversations back and forth. And, you know, he was like a musical. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But I said, you know, we worked really hard at, at trying to show him that we really felt that this could open up not only a whole new set of fans to him, but also to the wrestling industry as a whole. You know, there are a lot of people out there that always flirt with wrestling. You know what I mean? Yep. Or they were like, I watched it when I was a kid, but then they got older. And you all know, man, like the people that look down their nose at wrestling, like it's some lowbrow thing. And, and it always drives me crazy. And I was like, look, these people are out there. They just need the gateway to come to this world and see it for what it is. Right. Wrestling is its own art form. It is beautiful and powerful in its storytelling. We have deep wells of knowledge and history. And I always explain to non-wrestling fans, I'm like, you know what, you know what we kin wrestling to? It's like your old grandma who used to watch, you know, her serials or, you know, the soap operas on TV. And she can tell you every single character on that show, how long they were on that show, when they were bad, when they were good, when they yeah. died and went to a desert island and came back, you know, it, that's what we as wrestling fans love about our industry to follow characters for 30, 40 years. I mean, and more. And I said, these people, well, when they come in and they see the artistry in this, they'll be fans. They'll be hooked and they'll want to go. And that was the best feedback we could have gotten when we did the sold out shows on the 26. People who, you know, husband and wives coming to me going, I came here very skeptical. I came because, you know, our your star, Ramin Karamloo, is one of my favorite Broadway guys and international 
actors and in, in the theater business and in movies and and I got to tell you, I'm now a wrestling fan. I didn't know, I knew of wrestling, but now I want to go see more wrestling because of this. And and so many husbands were like, you know, my wife hates wrestling. I hate the theater. <laughs> but we could go to something together and we both had such a blast, you know, because there's something for everybody in it. You might not be the biggest wrestling fan, but you might be a huge fan of a musical. You can come and you're going to get that piece. But overall, you're going to walk out. And my goal is all the people that walk out have a new understanding of the artistry of wrestling itself. See it for what it truly is, which is its own incredible art form and have a respect for that business moving forward. And it's been amazing to see the reaction it's gotten. So tell us a little bit about the story of the last match. Obviously, Ben Vengeance is the, is the star, so to speak. But what's the, the storyline or the arc? What, what's going to happen here? So it's a universal story. Uh, you know, when we started writing it, we weren't, I wasn't sure exactly what the direction was going to be, but then it started to kind of unfold in front of us. You know, there was a lot going on in the WWE at the time and, and a lot in AEW and different scenarios and different wrestlers. And Ben Vengeance is kind of a compilation of many famous old wrestlers that we've known. You know, like the Bruno San Martinos, the Undertakers, the Ric Flairs, the people that had huge longevity and impact in the business, right? Uh, but he's he's akin to certain parts of Taker being, you know, a, a backstage leader, you know what I mean? And imparting wisdom to young people. And it really is the story of uh, basically at the end of the day, if you could no longer be the person you've always identified yourself to be and it was taken from you, or your bell was rung and, and it was your time to retire, and you could no longer identify as that person, whether you're a school teacher, a police officer, a firefighter, what have you, right? You've been that for 30 years, all of a sudden you blink your eye and it's over. Well, who are you then? And is that person gonna be enough as you go into the next phase of your life, you know? Hmm. And that's really what this story is. And it's somebody who is, you know, come to the end of the road. He's facing down his last match. He has to drop the title on his last match to somebody who's a, you know, third generation wrestler, doesn't respect the business, just wants his payday, wants the accolades, but doesn't want to do the work to regain, to gain the respect of the locker room. And he's got to go out on his back to somebody who doesn't deserve him getting him over, you know? And it's a really hard thing. It's like, when you think about it, it's like, if you were a cop, it's always that rookie who's coming in to show you up or you're working a corporate business. There's that young guy who's got the new fresh ideas and your old hat, you know what I mean? Yep. And that's a hard thing that every one of us, man or woman, have to face in our lives, period. And that's really what this story is about. Ben Vengeance is married to a young female wrestler who is trying to fight her way to the top of the female division and more. And, you know, basically where there are a lot of wrestling tropes in this story and uh, is Jenny going to do what the boss who runs the promotion wants her to do, which is possibly screw over her husband in the last match to get over for her and get over for this other character and, you know, be this like kind of evil, <laughs> you know, team into the next phase of the business, kind of thinking about how the 80s came to an end, the 90s took over, 
how the 90s kind of led into the attitude era and it became a new generation of wrestlers and 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 that's really it. I don't want to give away the rest, but it's right. it's a wrestling story that is universal to all of us, but even more than that, it is a true to life diehard wrestling story that any wrestling fan will either know pieces of or understand and be able to follow that journey. And it all takes place mostly in the backstage, but there this show will never be in a theater. So it's just a wrestling ring. It's just a platform. The lighting setup, everything is the same as a wrestling event. We just tell the story in and around the ring. And Gaij guys on the story of, you know, what it means to come to the end of the road. That's different, too. You got the ring out there. I mean, that's pretty damn cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, when I was developing the show with my team, you know, there was a, a lot of people when we would tell them about it, they were like, I don't understand how that'll work. You know, Rocky tried to do it on Broadway, and it didn't go well. Right. Because you got a wrestling ring. You got to tell that story. It has to be told a very specific way. And they spent millions of dollars to have this ring that like you know, lifted up and all this other stuff. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do any of that. I want wrestling fans to walk into an arena just like any other arena. This will never be done in a proscenium theater in Broadway style setups. This is a wrestling event. More than anything else, it's a wrestling event. And I wanted to make sure that the wrestling fans knew when you walk into our arena, you are walking into a world you know and understand full stop. There will be, you don't have to worry that you're going to see a Phantom of the Opera or uh, this. And all those things are great. I'm not putting them down. I've worked in this business a long time. I love the Phantom of the Opera. I love all these shows. But as a wrestling fan, I don't want to walk in to a Broadway style show that is theaterizing wrestling. Right. Does that make sense? I want yep. to go see if I'm going to, if you're going to take me, somebody who is a diehard lifelong fan. And as much as I love my industry, I don't want to go in and hear some theaterized version of wrestling in a, in a theater that I'm not comfortable in, in a space that I don't know, trying to tell me how I should feel about an industry I already love, you know? So it was really important to me that that is how the show was always presented. So when the show goes out on the road or wherever you may see it, it will only ever be an arena. It will never be in a Broadway show or a theater setup. Man, that's different, but that's so cool, obviously, for a wrestling fan, too, because I saw pictures of it. I saw Mickey James. You know, everybody else is there. I'm like, wait a second. It's happening you know, in and around the ring. I was like, that's just so different. And really, I mean, it separates you from, obviously, every other show out there. Oh, thanks, man. You know, I, it. it it's just basically the love of the business. Like I wanted to do something that was for the love of the business period, you know, and that the wrestling business has inspired me my whole life. And, and I wanted to do something that, you know, here's a whole fan base, you know, all there's so many things that have been turned into musicals. You know, there's so many movies, there's so many, you know, uh, cartoons and, 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 and all those things are incredible. And I'm a fan of all of them. I've probably been in most of them as an actor before I became a full-time producer as well as a performer. But if I was going to tell a wrestling show, I, there was never, that, that was a fan base that had never been spoken to from that place, you know, and to give them the ability to see a musical that's actually a wrestling event that has music in it. Um, it was just so exciting to me to say, you know, I, and look, they could have rejected us. They could have turned around and gone, ah, you don't get it, you know, but I really was, 
I really believe thoroughly in, in my team who are all diehard wrestling fans. You know, my composer, uh, uh, the husband, uh, uh, C. Robert Smith, uh, one of his best friends passed away a few years ago who was uh, an amateur pro wrestler trying to break into the business. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we did in the show was try to honor him and his memory because, again, you're talking about die-hard wrestling fans. His wife was a fan because of her husband's best friend and learned that world. I had been a wrestling fan my whole life. I mean, I met Tony Atlas in an airport once. It was like one of the greatest days <laughs> of my life. You know, sit down and be like, come on, brother. Let me show you my ring. You know, <laughs> and just, yep. he's one of the sweetest guys in, in the biz. And uh, and then my, my writing partner, Jason, who is just brilliant in his own right, was like, I've loved wrestling my whole life. I can't believe we've never talked about this. Let's do it. I love this idea. So, you know, it's really exciting to be able to bring a show written by such diehard fans to the diehard fan base of wrestling and say, this is for you guys. This is for you. And then anybody else who may know theater and may want to see theater will come and see it. Guaranteed you're going to walk out. I defy these people to come to us and say you didn't have a good time and you don't now understand why we have the passion for wrestling that we do as fans, you know? I love it. You're laying down the challenge, the ultimate challenge, if you will. You're Big laying time. it out there. Yeah. Big time. I would, I, I truly, and I say this to all your fans out there, come November the 14th, if you're a wrestling fan who's skeptical of what we're delivering on, I defy you to come to us and say you didn't enjoy yourself. And I say the same thing to theater fans. If you're sitting here, you're thinking, putting your nose up at the air, going, ah, oh, wrestling is, you know, lowbrow entertainment and blah, 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 all those stupid tropes that people say, I, I dare you come to our show and walk, come up to me and tell me you didn't have fun. And you don't now see the beauty and the power and the excitement of what wrestling is. And that you don't walk out a fan of that industry moving forward, because I'm telling you, I, I, I mean, you're going to get haters anywhere. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, we had yep. people, right. You know, the last show we had some uh, mic problems, mic problems happen. People, well, you know, the show is cool, but the mics had problem. Well, yeah. You know, that happens in, yep. in live performances. Happens Absolutely. in the WWE. Things go wrong. You know, it happens in AEW. Right? You know, we all remember when AEW started. They struggled a couple times. Do we all remember when that ring was supposed to blow up? And it was like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. you know, things go wrong. But I defy people to come and tell me they don't come and see the last match of Pro Wrestling Rock Show and not have a good time and say, hey, we spoke to the industry. We cared about our fan base and we wanted to deliver something to you and that you don't uh, come out of it saying that was a blast. I'd do that again. Please welcome in our new sponsor fight camp. Let's be honest. We could all use a little bit more motivation when it comes to working out. Allow me to introduce you to fight camp. Fight camp is an interactive at home boxing. They bring the best workout in the world into your home and they make it fun. You can explore thousands of workouts led by expert trainers with decades of experience teaching proper boxing form and technique. Fight Camp has live punch counting stats that motivate you by counting each punch throughout your workout and pushing you to meet goals each round. 
As you progress, you'll unlock achievements and you can go head to head against other members, whether they're across the country or even across your living room. Man, that would be fun to challenge uh, a friend or a brother or sister. And you have some live action rounds going here like I could land more punches than you and so on. So, I mean, it just sounds like so much fun with Fight Camp because they have that versus mode and that is so cool. So make it a little challenge amongst yourselves. So one of the best things about Fight Camp is that it makes boxing accessible to everyone, no matter what fitness level you're at, what age you're at, or what experience of boxing you have. It doesn't matter. You could do it. And you're going to have a great time as well. So join the biggest boxing community in the world without leaving your home. Fight Camp packages start at just $99. They even offer some great financing options so you can get started for as low as $9 a month. To get everything you need, go to fightcamp.com slash two-man to learn more. That's fightcamp.com slash two-man, T-W-O-M-A-N. So that's right, folks. Go to fightcamp.com slash two-man and get all the motivation you need to start working out today. Rewinding back, though, what made you fall in love with wrestling to begin with? I know you said 80s and, you know, you're watching all this, but what made you, like, turn on? Oh, I love this stuff. Oh, man. So I used to go to a buddy's house. His name was Rich Lau. Now, ironically, I have wrestling in my family, bloodline. My great-grandfather, according to my father, was a great-uncle or one of the two. I can never remember but he apparently ran a wrestling ring way back in like the early 1900s, you know, when they would like bring bears and chain them to the you know, ring and all the wild things that used to happen way back in the old, old wild west of wrestling. Um, and I remember my dad telling me that story, but my dad, funny enough, wouldn't let me watch wrestling in at home. Like, a, like, I just wasn't allowed. I don't know if he didn't. And he, to this day, he goes, I don't remember that. But I'm like, no, man, you didn't let me. And then when my Boy Scout troop, went to our cub scout troop went to go see a wrestling event for my buddy's birthday my dad didn't let me go andre was going to be there and you know all these major 80s stars and i wasn't allowed to go so i used to spend the night all the time at my buddy rich's house so we could get up in the morning and watch saturday morning wrestling and you know all the rock and wrestling years and you know then that was the era of up comes the ultimate warrior and you know, all that larger than life, colorful aspects of what the 80s wrestling was. And I, man, I just fell in love with it. I mean, it was like watching real life superheroes. You know what I mean? Like, when you remember when, when Warrior would come to the ring, I mean, he was a maniac. Like, it, you were like, this guy's crazy and in the best of ways. And like, it, it just filled you with such excitement. And that's the thing with wrestling that always has carried me through as a fan is it it brings in this childlike wonder that no other type of entertainment does to this. Even when you're a grown up, man, like it's it makes you that gives you that sensation of being a little kid and being lost in the moment. You know, unlike sports, you know, regular sports like a football game. I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Clearly, I'm a I love sports. Sports is very tribal. Like you're a Buffalo fan, you know, you go to the Jets game and everybody's yelling and swearing at each other. And, you know, it's a mess, right? But you can, and I tell people all the time, you can go to any wrestling event anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of the WWE or AEW or ISPW or any one of these smaller independent promotions. If you show up, people are there in luchador masks. People are there in their title belts. 
It doesn't matter. Black, white, gay, straight, tall, small, old. None of it matters. You a wrestling fan? I'm a wrestling fan. Who do you like? Who do I like? I like. Who do you like? You know, it. it is a universal love. You are instantly embraced. And it's it's just one of the coolest things you could ever experience because it doesn't matter if if you don't like Dolph Ziggler, nobody cares. Like, you know, it's like, I love Dolph Ziggler. I think he's one of the best workers in the entire business. Right. But a lot of people aren't fans of Dolph. That's okay. You still like wrestling. I still like wrestling and you can just continue on. And that is what, you know, I've always loved about it. And the, the truth of the matter is, you know, from a kid on after being told I couldn't watch it, then getting old enough to being allowed to watch it and then watching the transition into from PG to, you know, uh, the attitude era when I was in my late teens and then into more of the PG era. And I just, I think it's a blast and I've never, you know, I could, we could sit down and talk to any wrestling fan and you can talk about when you started loving it. What was the match you remember the most? Like anybody, what was your favorite match? Easy. Hulk Hogan and the Warrior, WrestleMania six every time. And when you think about it as growing up, you're like, wasn't even that great a match when it comes to like, you know, both of those guys were limited in offense and, you know, but it was two heroes against each other. And we were so split. Like, who are you going for? Who do you want to win? And never knowing who it was going to be. There was no interference. There was no cheating. There was no, you know, it was just good guy versus good guy, title versus title. And, you can go to any wrestling fan and go, what's your favorite match? And they'll just be like, bang, bang, bang. You know, and it's uh, it's part of the joy of the world of wrestling. Man, it's funny. Like, if, if you're a wrestling fan, it doesn't even matter, like, what language you speak to. It's like a universal language, too. That's the universal crazy language. thing about wrestling. Yes. You know what I found out recently as this show has blown up, and I didn't know this. I mean, I knew India was a big market for wrestling. Yep. I did not know. It, India has over 400 million viewers of wrestling a year. 400 million views of wrestling, all right? It is the second watched sport in the whole country behind cricket. Right, okay. That's a billion people. (laughs) You know, that's wild to me. And that's, you know, the thing. You could go to India, not be able to speak the language, and say you love pro wrestling and they'll be like, oh, my God, I love pro wrestling, you know, wearing a T-shirt, walking down the street and have somebody point. Love your shirt, man. Love that old WrestleMania shirt. Or I love that, you know, uh, you know, uh, independent pro wrestling shirt you're wearing. I mean, that's it, you don't even have to speak the same language to be able to speak wrestling and show respect to each other. In a totally right. It's so funny. I went down to Disney. Me and my son went down to Disney. I had a couple wrestling shirts on. Like, people would acknowledge you. Then, way later on, I go to a concert. I wore some sort of wrestling shirt. People acknowledge you. I'm like, yeah. like, no matter where I go, no matter what state I'm in, somebody's <laughs> always giving you the, you know, the NWO or like the yeah. thumbs up or like, oh, I love Hulk, you know, like stuff like yeah. that. It's crazy. It is crazy. I, I, and I'll tell you, you know, a funny story that I don't know if I've told this uh, on any on any interview I've done yet, but I, we did the concert. This show has moved faster than any show I've ever produced. In fact, any show that I've ever been a part of my entire 25-year career in the business. And we had a really amazing, we sold out the cutting room in New York City to launch the music and the original, because we have an album out. It's on all the streaming services, the concept album with Ramin Karamloo and Amber Ardolino and Matt Cardona. So if you want to hear Matt Cardona singing it too, 
go and check out the album. But when we launched the first single, we did a, a concert at the cutting room, sold it out. And man, I was busted tired the next day, like busted tired, you know, putting the concert together and getting all the performers together. And, you know, we had a, a wonderful director on that show who was so helpful and put us all together. The next day I'm walking to my Broadway theater, I'm wiped and I have this WrestleMania t-shirt on. And as I'm walking, this guy is looking at me and he's kind of like tilting his head and he's got like a weird look on his face and he's kind of like grinning, he's a big guy too, you know? And I'm like, what is he staring at? You know, New York City, it's weird. People, yeah. you know? Yep. And all of a sudden he stops, puts his hand in front of me, goes, I like that shirt, bro. <laughs> and I look up, it was Shane McMahon. Whoa. Bro, can't make it up. And wow. I went, oh, man. I said, dude, what a pleasure to meet you. He goes, I'm Shane. I went, come on, man. I know who you are. I was like, my name is Jeremiah James. It's so nice to meet you. He goes, well, really nice to meet you too, bro. I just, you know, wanted to tell you I love that t-shirt. And, you know, have a great day. I'm like, you have a great day too. And I, you know, I, my show wasn't in a place that I was going to like be like, hey, let me pitch you, <laughs> you know, this yeah. awesome yeah. show. But you know, it was one of those moments where, like, the universe is like, you're going in the right direction, brother. Like, you know, keep on, you know, getting that show moving. Like, to meet Shane and shake his hand right there on the side the day after we launched this concert and all this music online, man, it was uh, it was a killer moment. All because I was wearing a wrestling t-shirt. Yep. It brings you together. Almost uh, maybe a sign from above there. Shane, WrestleMania, the, this, yeah, right? Right? I'm telling yeah. you, man, it felt that way. It was, it was, I mean, come on. You know, you're writing, a, you, we got a show, we just launched the album the night before to a sold out crowd in New York. I'm walking down 52nd Street in between 6th Avenue and, and 7th Avenue and, and walking down toward me in a suit with that smirk on his face. And he was smirking because he saw my t-shirt, you know, and I'm a grown man who's 40 years old walking down the street in a wrestling t-shirt, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's that universal sense of, there you go, buddy, yep. rock and roll. And have it be him. I'm like, yeah, man, we're on the right track here. And, you know, we hope to one day have him see it because we really feel very strongly that if those, whether it be Tony Khan, Shane, you know, his sister, Hunter, any one of them came to see it, they would understand that this is not anything that these people are doing to, you know, ride on the backs of, re of wrestling fans, that this is for wrestling fans, that it is an homage to that world. And, uh, you know, one of our goals is to start, you know, because the show is built to be fully immersive. You walk into the arena, it's the 1980s. You are transported back into that time. The colors, once we have a full full level production, because what we did at, in Jersey City Theater Center was actually um, a, you know, the show, but without, you know, the extra pop and pizzazz you would see at an AEW show, you know, with the video walls and video floors and all that kind of stuff. You know, we didn't have any banners or anything like that. It was just the wrestling ring, the story, yep. and wrestlers in costume and the actors in costume as wrestlers and back and forth. So, you know, uh, the future is to build out that fully immersive experience where you're transported back in time. We tell you this story and uh, that people get a, a fully immersive experience. So you're not just getting a ticket to go see a Broadway show where you sit in your seat and there's that disconnect. You're part of the show. We want you to yell and shout. We want you to, you know, heckle the performers up there. And then at the same time, our goal is to uh, start a non-for-profit organization for 
uh, retired pro wrestlers to bring them in as guests and help give them, you know, because they were their whole careers, they've always been, um, you know, independent contractors. So we want to give them a chance to have uh, a place where they can come. They don't need to even wrestle. You can just come and be a guest, you know, do signings at the beginning of the show. So you got, you know, Jake the Snake's out front. You meet Jake. Your ticket gets you in to see Jake, meet Jake, and then sit down and see a wrestling show. And Jake might come into the show as a guest referee or a, or a guest state manager, you know, or a guest, what have you. And the goal is to take care of those folks, you know, as they can no longer wrestle, you know, and give them a place to come be with the boys and, and be a part of a whole fully immersive wrestling experience where we take care of them uh, in a way that's never been done in the older aspects of their lives. So we're excited about pulling all these different things together. Uh, and it's just because, you know, I mean, come on, I, one of the craziest things, man, is when my phone goes off and, you know, it's like Bruce Barber Beefcake's like, hey, brother, how's the show going? You know, you're like, <laughs> what is happening in my life, man? Like, this is surreal. Like, I, it, you know, and I don't care, man. I've always been that kind of person. Like, yeah, 100% of a mark, 100%. Like, I'm, you know, I love this business. To be able to talk to these guys and gals, man, it's, dude, it's, it's killing. I love that idea, though. Like Jake or Brutus, whoever, like they're signing beforehand because obviously wrestling fans love seeing the legends. I mean, that's, that's right. awesome, too. And I love like the giving back. Great idea, too. Shows, you know, you really love the Thank business. You. Oh, man. You know, when when I first started doing this, I mean, we have a, a pool of legends producers um, and essentially it's them coming in. They didn't need to invest any money. I said, just come in and, and, and be part of this. Like we want to, you know, have. Like Tito Santana is one of our producing legends. The Action Smash of Demolition, such great guys. Uh, Mickey James now, and we plan to continue to bring those wrestlers in, and at the same point in time, give them a place to go. It's not just a like all these wrestling cons and all these things are are awesome. I mean, I'm I buy those tickets. I go to these events, right. but I also yeah. wanted to give them a chance. To, you know, like hey, you don't need. You're 65 years old. You don't need to get in the ring with us here we're going to pay you and you can just come and have a great time meet everybody you'll make your money doing you know your signings and all that stuff but at the same point in time you can come in and just uh call a match because there's again it's real pro wrestling in the show it is not theater it is a pro wrestling event so you can call a match you can be a manager escort somebody down to the ring you know you can you know there are all these different things that we've built into the show specifically to take care of the legends as they move forward in their lives. Love that. Love having them apart. Just curious though, who's like your favorite of all time? Who's your favorite wrestler? Is it ultimate warrior? Who's your favorite? Yeah, man, I can't help. You know, I know I get a lot of flack for it from wrestling fans, but I love the warrior. I've got like six action figures. I've got, you know, I've got a, I've got belts, t-shirts, all the warrior. Cause when I was, when I first started watching it, man, he was so larger than life and i loved hogan you know i mean who didn't love hogan in that era you know and uh, but there was something just so electric about his entrance the way he would just squash people you were like this he's in he's invincible like he was he just seemed invincible to me as a kid and again being wrestling fans as we were talking about earlier the nostalgia of that you know, I went, I remember going and buying at 26 years old, 27 years old, the uh, self-destruction of the ultimate warrior 
because, you know, he had kind of disappeared. It was before the internet could get you any answer you wanted, at, you know, at the drop of a hat. Right. And I remember watching that and being like crestfallen, like, no, not my guy, like not my guy. And then to find out that it was kind of a squash job on him and his career and, you know, because there was legal battles and all that kind of stuff. So like, you know, here I am like 34, 35 years old and he comes to headline, you know, uh, the Hall of Fame. And I was like, yes, back home where he belongs, people giving him mea culpas, people giving him the credit he deserved. Nobody's saying he's a Shawn Michaels. I just want to make very clear. Like nobody's saying that, you know, from a technical aspect, if I was to say like my tops, it goes Warrior, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and Bret Hart on the same page. Because the two of them, he still put on some of the greatest matches in the history of matches. It The ground and pound style of Bret to the high flying styles of Sean were, those matches are just incredible to me. To, to this day to watch and how great Bret was as a tactician. But the Warriors, my favorite. From a nostalgia factor, I can't get over it. And then when he was gone and it was really The Undertaker, I fell in love with The Undertaker and then watching his journey all the way through the end of his career um those would be my top four i love it it's funny with warrior i'm such a big hogan guy i hated him for years well two years really i hated him for beating hogan at wrestlemania 6 then he beat savage wrestlemania 7 so i was like i hate this guy but then he saves hogan at wrestlemania 8 so like all right i love this guy again (laughs) he's forgiven yeah man when that music hit at wrestlemania 8 and he came running out it was one of the greatest moments as a kid because he had been gone from TV for like a year and then all of a sudden he's back. And I remember, I don't know if you are of my age bracket, but you know, where I was like in elementary school, like it, there was then the, the huge debate because he had, he wasn't as huge as he used to be. And then there was the yes. whole thing of like, it's oh, not yeah. the same guy. It's a yep. different oh, guy yeah. playing the warrior. Yeah, I'm 40. So we're probably around the same age. Yeah. 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 So you go, <laughs> that, that whole debate back and forth, brother, you know, it's like, no man, it's, it's a different guy. I'm telling you like, you know, yep. two camps. No, it's the same guy. I can tell. Look at the tattoos. Ah, they're fake. <laughs> you know, it's like all of it. Uh, you know, and again, that's the joy of even talking about wrestling. It just brings you back to that place of like, yeah, like, and then my one thing I, I you know, <laughs> I tell people, like, even when I started getting older, you're in your 20s, the nostalgia factor. When Hogan turned into a bad guy at Bash at the Beach 96 was one of the greatest, if not the greatest heel turn in the history of heel turns. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember watching it live and being like, this is not happening. Like, this isn't real. He cut one of the greatest promos of all time by then saying, you know, all those things I did for the kids, you know, to turn around and say I did it for the money. That was never true. All the stuff about take, say your parents, take your vitamins. That first line, first thing you got to do, me and Gene, tell everybody here to shut up if you go to hear what I got to say. I was like, oh, you know, I was 16 years old, you know, or 15 years old, whatever it was. And then you skip ahead. I'm like 22, 23, and he's going to wrestle the rock. And I, I always pointed that match specifically as the match that really shows how truly intricate the audience is in the storytelling arrest. Because here comes Hogan, and you and me are in that same age bracket. It was impossible. We were not going to boo him. It was yep. impossible in that moment. And I won't ever forget when when you listen, you know, when you hear, uh, you know, Jr. And then of course the King starts screaming, "Is he going to Hulk up, Jr.? Yeah, like you're you were instantly eight years old. 
Yep. Instantly eight years old when he started shaking his head and pointing at the rock and the rock was selling like a champ, you know, you literally were like, this is, this is why wrestling is incredible because here he is, he's close to 50 and there was no way we as fans were going to say boo. <laughs> no. Yep. And they had to change it in the moment because of us, because of us, they had to change what was happening in that ring on the fly, whisper to each other. Rock had to become the heel. He had to take the heat because Hogan became a baby face because we said no. You know, like yep. wrestling, man. That's what makes wrestling great. And the funny thing is, it's like Vince, for whatever reason, thought like, okay, he's definitely going to get booed. Hogan, you could tell, knows he's not going to get booed. And The Rock is like on the fence. like He's like, something's in the air here. You could just tell by looking at him. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it switches. And The Rock's like, okay, I have to, you know, I got to be the heel. Okay, right, here we go. But yeah. obviously, great professionalism. But I just, I always laughed at myself like, Hogan knew he wasn't getting booed. Come oh, on, he knew that. Hogan, <laughs> Hogan knew, Hogan knew that he was over. I mean, there was no, he came back. We, the, the A, look, people can say what they want about Hogan, all right? And, and I know there's a lot of, you know, negative stuff out there about him, you know, his backstage antics, and, you know, like, you know, politicking, whatever. But you cannot deny that that man knows that business. He had his finger on the pulse of that world when he was wrestling. He knew his gimmick. He knew when it needed to change. He knew when things had to be, you know, and he, that there is no doubt in my mind. He knew he was not going to get booed when he walked out there. When he just turned his head and started looking at that audience and got the reaction that the two of them were getting and the level of baby face that The Rock was, the epitome of baby face at that time, there was no possible way that the nostalgia factor of wrestling was not going to overcome what The Rock had built at that moment in time. All of those women and men who loved Hogan when they were kids, he knew we were not going to accept that he was going to just be a blatant heel like he had been in, in the WCW with NWO. Like, that was over. You're back in this family now. And all of us fans who grew up with you are now at this age bracket. And we're like, drop the boot. <laughs> you know, drop the big <laughs> yes. leg. You know, like, we want to see it happen. And, I mean, he took those thunderous rock bottles like what, three in a row or whatever it was and i mean and he got the rock who goes from being a heel in the middle you know in the middle of the match to getting him over all over again and himself like that's a master stroke man like that's a master stroke it yep. was incredible and it's great. I had my son is seven, so I was watching with him recently. He's a huge fan of The Rock, likes all his movies. You know, he yeah, I got a little Rock figure. I mean, all the stuff with The Rock, but he obviously knows Hulk Hogan. He sees all my Hogan stuff. He sees all the yep. Hogan. He so he's very familiar with Hulk. Before we've watched WrestleMania three, and Hulk beats Andre, and he's like, "There's no way he's going to beat this giant." He beats the giant, you know, and and he gets a win. So I said, "Hulk never loses," jokingly, of course, but he never loses. So he's thinking that The Rock is going to lose, and all of a sudden, Rock kicks out of the leg drop. He goes, oh, "Like then he." snapped then he was like focused he's like oh my god he goes rock might actually win this one and then rock won he was like <laughs> excited as all hell he's like i thought hulk never lost i'm like i thought so too what what happened but it's just funny the next generation they're now they're into uh you know still into hogan in their own way because he was excited to sell for the match yeah oh uh, absolutely man especially yeah. when he's got dad's nostalgia factor and seeing the level of excitement that you have yep. for these characters you know, building it up in your mind. Like, even my wife, man, she she is my queen. She is a rock star. She's a former ballerina, Broadway dancer, you name it, and, and retired now. And But 
She'd never been to a wrestling match before me. And I kept going, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You, you watch something as beautiful as the ballet, right? And you watch the partnering that they do. That's been practiced over and over and over. In wrestling, imagine doing that and never practiced one time. You just talk through it. And then realizing that in that moment, the audience is reacting not the way that you had anticipated in these different spots with the lifts and the air and your the perfect feet and all that. You've got to change it on the spot. Yep. And they got to whisper to each other with thousands of people watching you. That's the artistry of pro wrestling. That's what makes it incredible. Just, ah, you know, we'll see. I took her to SmackDown right before the pandemic. And, uh, man, we were in Brooklyn and had, like, fifth row center seats to the ring. And instantly she starts, like, again, very skeptical, sits down. And uh, then she starts seeing that they're connecting and, like, watching each other and then whispering to each other in the ring. Come on, come on. You know, like, she goes, they're talking to each other. I see what you're talking about. Da, da, da. And literally 10 minutes in, she's jumping out of her seat. She's like, boo, you're a cheater. Like, it was <laughs> the funniest thing. Because she understood at that moment the storytelling, how intricate it was, how incredible you have to be as an athlete and a storyteller to tell that story, you know, all the way up to the nosebleed section and get it across. And she's now a diehard fan and, and came to see the last match. And had so much fun. And so her dad, my, my father-in-law, never sat down. You know, like old Navy guy. Never was a huge wrestling fan. He said, I couldn't sit. It was the great. I had so much fun. It was so much fun. I'm like, wrestling, man. That's the wrestling awesome. world. That's wrestling. I absolutely love it. As we wind it down here, though, we'll, we'll head towards the finish. Awesome talking yeah. to you about the last match. But give us one last push for the last match. Absolutely. Come and see the last match. We're going to be at White Eagle Hall in Jersey City. Tickets are on sale. Go to the last match music. Go to lastmatchmusical.com. Uh, you can get your tickets there. Follow us on Instagram uh, and you know TikTok, all of the social medias. Uh, check out all the videos behind the scenes, all the wrestlers and actors training together, prepping for the last match of Pro Wrestling Rock Show. Again, this is a pro wrestling show first that happens to be a musical. And, you know, uh, there are, it's a 2.30 performance and a 7.30 performance on Monday, November 14th. These are encore performances, probably going to be sold out by the end of the weekend. So get your tickets now before the show goes and starts its world tour. So come out and see us. See Matt Cardona sing a song with a rock band. The music is awesome. The performances are killer. And, you know, we're honored for all the wrestling fans that trusted in us to do this the last time. And we hope that we continue to... Uh, you know, bring a show that was written by wrestling fans for wrestling fans to the fans across the board and bring in new fans around the world. So come and see the last match. You know, we've got our merch on pro wrestling tees. So if you want to get your pro wrestling tee from the last match musical, be wearing it in the audience. That'd be awesome. And we'd love to see you there. Just a little tidbit about the wrestling collector store for let you go. It, it, it's awesome. Obviously it's in Stockholm, New Jersey, our buddy, Tommy Fierro, co-producer, owner of the store, owner of ISPW wrestling. I said, Hey, you know, I need this King Kong Bundy. I, had, I sold it years ago, the LJN, the figure. He, of course, had it in the store. I wanted a, you know, yeah. a while back, I wanted this program of Hulk Hogan. He had one. It was one of his first title defenses. It was from Philly, and he he had the program. So, I mean, anything and everything wrestling. So, I got to pump him up a little bit because he said Lee, I got to pump yeah, him up a little bit, too. Yeah. Thank you, Tommy. Tommy, thank you for connecting me to you. Thank you, Tommy, for bringing uh, the last match pro wrestling rock musical together, you know, and if you really, if, if you want to go and anything that you need in the pro wrestling world, whether it be books, 
comics, you know, magazines, figures, belts. He will find it for you. Go to the Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey. He's the nicest guy. He'll make it happen for you. And uh, again, lifelong wrestling fans. He'd even stand there and talk wrestling for as long as you let him. And uh, don't miss a chance to go see ISPW shows. They're incredible shows. Bull James, who is one of our trainers, is the current champion. We're very proud of him right now. And uh, we're excited to see where he goes as the champion of ISPW Wrestling. So don't miss a chance to come out and uh, see an ISPW show and, and visit uh, the Wrestling Collector, man. It's an awesome place to go. Before we let you go, is there anywhere where people can find you on social media and otherwise? Sure. I mean, check out uh, uh, my social media is actor uh, Jeremiah James. And, uh, you know, you can learn about me as a performer, as a producer. Um, uh, but, you know, really for me, it's not about me. It's about the show. Check out my writing team. The people that built this show are incredible talents. And check out the music on anywhere you can, you know, stream a music <laughs> album. You know, we've got uh, a concept album. We have a new single that's going to be coming out before the holiday season, pre-unreleased song. And uh, tell us what you think of the material, and we hope to see you there. All right, awesome stuff. Of course, the last match, Pro Wrestling Rock Musical. Get out there and see it at the White Eagle Hall. And really, I mean, go to the website, The Last Match. I mean, great stuff. Awesome idea. I love it, Jeremiah. But thank you so much for all the time. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me and, and letting us talk about the show. Uh, grateful for the time and hope to see you there. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. You too, man. Bye-bye. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies, brother.
Yeah, swagger with the babes. Babes, I don't 